Welcome to the Street Photography Magazine podcast, priceless inspiration and advice for street photographers everywhere. Hello again and welcome to episode 48 of the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine, and this is the place for inspiration and advice by street photographers for street photographers. So, Thanks again for lending us your ears. I hope you're going to enjoy our show today. It's a special one. And with me today is Ashley Hunsberger, our editor. She is still decompressing from a lengthy trip to Vietnam. So, I don't know, Ashley, how are you settling in finally? Doing good. Almost, almost back to a regular routine. Yeah, regular routine. And this is, this is podcast 48 already? Already. Wow. Already, yeah, time goes by fast. We'd we'd have a lot more if we did them every week. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, we do them. We're on a pretty regular schedule now to do it every other week. And also, we're getting into a regular schedule of doing a, a newsletter every other week. Actually, it's the off week from the podcast, which Ashley's been writing and doing a good job of it. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, yeah any feedback? Feel free to reply as well. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, please uh, just email us at editor at streetphotographymagazine.com. Anything you want to see in, in there or in the magazine or not see, uh, love, to get your, uh, love to get your input. So, Ashley, hey, we got a winner for our photography contest, our night photography contest. And I don't even know if I told you, it's uh, Jordan Barab. He is, um, he's in the Washington, D.C. area, and he's been, uh, he's contributed to the magazine off and on, and uh, he did a photo called uh, Lisboa Night, and uh, I thought it was, uh, matter of fact, uh, Ashley and I each picked our favorites, and that was one that was in common for both of them, and a great photo, so congratulations, Jordan. Matter of fact, he won the uh, one-year subscription or one-year account pro account with portfolio box which they've already set up for him so so really, yeah, really exciting that was a great shot too yeah very good shot it, i tell you it was a tough choice we got i don't know about 150 entries i think between facebook and instagram a lot of really good photos and so it was a tough choice so we're gonna have to do another contest again uh sometime yeah, in the future so, um, yeah, we're going to put the photo in the article for this podcast so you can see it. And uh, so, again, congratulations, Jordan. Matter of fact, we're going to have him on as a podcast guest in uh, in a few weeks coming up. So he can talk about his photography. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a really good photographer. So um, We can see how his website's coming along, too. And we'll see, Yeah, that's right. We're going to put <laughs> him under pressure. Yeah, and speaking of websites, uh, Ashley has been building her own website on Portfolio Box. Uh, actually, it's she's doing it under her husband's name. <laughs> and did you get a domain for it? No, not yet. You haven't gotten That's a domain. Terrible. Okay, That was high on the checklist, too. Okay. All right. <laughs> Once she gets a domain, we'll give you a, a link to it. She's doing a really nice job. And uh, how's your experience been creating your website with Portfolio Box? You know what? I'm really glad that I tried it. Um it's been great. It's very easy. Um, there's not really too much of a learning curve at all involved. What I felt like took the most time was curating the images. Um, 
choosing which ones to include on the website and then creating the written contact or content like the bio and such. Um, so actually using the website and putting it together or the website builder, I should say, is super easy. It's um, definitely a great tool for, for creating a website. I know. It's so hard choosing from your own work, isn't it? And, and writing about yourself. I think that's even harder. For sure. I mean, I was going through my husband's images and even that is some of the, you know, some of the photos I was there or I'm connected to in some way. So it's, you still have to question yourself. Am I choosing this because of some memory this brings back or is it really a a really good photo? (laughs) That's true. It's even, yeah, it's even hard to be objective about somebody else's work when you're so close to when the photo was taken. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, well, she's doing a good job, and when it's ready, we're going to let you know about it, and you can you can go see it and give her a critique <laughs> of your own. Yes, please. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> so, anyway, it looks like we've got another calendar year in the books. 2018 is over, and many people would say good riddance to 2018. But as far as the magazine goes, I don't know. I th- don't know about you, but I think we had a really good year. In terms of content, I think so too. I, you know, we've been we're almost done with our sixth year publishing. I think we've really taken it to a new level in 2018 in terms of the quality of the photography and quality of the people who we've been featuring. It's uh, I think we've gone to a, to another level. Not that it wasn't good before, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about our favorites from 2018. And actually, we're going to talk about three things. We each chose a favorite article. Most of our articles are written by contributors, people or people who read the magazine. So we each picked a favorite article, and that was a tough one. And then we're going to talk about our favorite featured photographer for the year. And then we'll also talk about a photography lesson we each learned from somebody that was in the magazine, whether it was a featured photographer or an article. And I don't even know what Ashley's is, so um, she doesn't know what mine is either, so that could be a surprise. As for the street shooters of the month, we started going through it, and there were so many really good photos, we decided to dedicate an entire show to that. So our next show is going to be about some of our favorite images from the street shooters of the month, so don't miss that one. So let's start with our first category, the articles. We publish about four to five articles per month in addition to the featured photographer. So times that times 12, that's, well, we'll say four a month. So what's that, 48 articles per year. So that's a lot to choose from. Yes, and it was no easy choice. No, it was no easy choice because we have a lot of really good ones. So Ashley, uh, why don't you tell us what was your favorite article for 2018 and why? Mine's a mouthful. And it actually starts with the words 2017. (laughs) So (laughs) in the January issue from this year, we had an article titled 2017, the year of protests and the beginnings of the fourth industrial revolution. And that was by Nana Geise. My apologies if I have pronounced your name wrong. (laughs) Um, But this was such an interesting project to me Um, in it. Nana said, my objective was to get a non-biased story about the societal and political change phenomenon. 
which he said was catalyzed by the election of President Trump. Um, so he actually specified that his story wasn't about uh, President Trump becoming president, but rather about some of the changes going on in society um, that kind of marked the era. And it was so interesting because he really went out and documented a lot of the protests that had been going on. Uh, obviously, some were anti-Trump protests, but there was other things in his project as well. Um, the Women's March, uh, different things. They're, they're very documentary style. Um, and I just really like the fact that the, I felt like the images were taken in, stru, in, stru, in true street photography style. Um, but still documenting something very historical that was happening. Another thing I really liked about this project is that despite the fact that it is a project that documents some very emotionally charged uh, moments where strong opinions are present, I didn't feel like Nana was trying to side with one side or the other. It was simply a project that documented big changes going on and the feelings that that was causing in the people in that area of change. So I thought it was just an amazing street photography project. Um, and I think that's really the, the heart of why I loved it. The way it was done, um, the images that are very true to street photography style and the message that it sent, which wasn't one of one side or the other. I, I thought that was just a really interesting project. Um, Nana even said that he dressed up as a chameleon photographer. He put on reds and blues, but in such a way so that he could kind of infiltrate both camps. He could go to any side of the issue and take photographs and, and not really be noticed. So that was my favorite. Yeah, I think that was a good choice. And you're right. If you just scroll through and look at the photos, they're very emotionally charged. And you would think yeah. he's taking a stance on something. But when you read the text, you realize he's not. He's approaching mm -hmm. it more like a journalist. Yeah. And I think it really does convey, convey a lot of the feelings that um, people have had while, as you know, I think one of his main points here was that people protest different things, but a lot of protests in general probably simply come because of the anxiety that change causes. Yeah. So I thought that was well documented in this. And at the same time without losing that street photography style. And that comes from the December, I'm sorry, the January 2018 issue, correct? <laughs> you scared me, Bob. I was like, don't tell me I chose <laughs> an article from 2017 for my favorite in 2018. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. Okay. That was, that was... So what was your favorite? Uh, my favorite actually came from February. I, I did. I mean, I had a real hard time narrowing it down. I did too. I had about 10 of these to start, finally got down to five. It was very hard to, to just pick one. Yeah, yeah, very, very hard. So this one is written by Alex Rigetti in February, and it's called Vita No Barrio. And it was a project that he started. I, I like this because it was an actual photo project, and he did it over a long period of time. And it takes place in uh, Lisbon, Portugal. And what he did was photograph the night he did all night photography in this in this neighborhood in Lisbon it's called uh, Barrio Alto it's really a study of the light at night he he thought the light in this area was very special it's an area with a lot of bars and and restaurants and and nightlife going on 
And he felt the light in this area was very magical, and he wanted to capture it in black and white. And he's actually been doing it over a period of years. Um, and his goal was to get it down to about 10 photos. Um, he wound up with about 25. And just taken by itself, if you were just to look at the photographs without the narrative, I mean, it's very good. He's, he created a number of really powerful street images, again, all at night. And he worked with uh, one camera, one lens. He shot it all with a 35-millimeter equivalent lens. He kept the camera at the same ISO, 6400, which in today's world, that's not real high. So it was a real challenge for him because he, he would get a lot of motion blur in pictures. And he'd think a picture looked great. It would look okay on the, uh, on the back of the camera. And then when he'd get it home and upload it, it would be pretty bad. So he had a real hard time, and he really had to perfect his night shooting technique in order to get the images as he, he wanted. So it's a great example of a long-term project to not only document something, but to learn a, a skill at the same time. Yeah, that was an excellent article, too. Um, I like how well-documented those challenges were, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, he did another article for us, too, later in the year, which is an, another one that made my list. But that's the one I chose. <laughs> you know, we could sit here and talk for a couple of hours about our favorite articles. So Yes, we do have an honorable mention, right, Bob? We do have an honorable mention. Is it my honorable <laughs> mention or your honorable mention? It was on both of our lists of, of favorites that we had to oh, whittle Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, go ahead, tell us. Okay, so that one was from the November issue, and it was titled, Go Out, Get Out, Come Out. And you guys are going to say that I am a sucker for documentary-style things, <laughs> which may be true. But this was a really good project. Why did, why did you like it, Bob? Well, I like his style. I like the fact that, by the way, it was by Nelson Gonzalez Leal. And I think, did you write it? Did you Did you translate it into English, or did he... Uh, yes, actually, okay. I did. I forgot about that. That's right. He wrote it in Spanish and uh, actually translated it into English for us. And again, it's at night. I, I'm a sucker for night photography. Um, I was intrigued <laughs> by the fact that he did it in uh, Venezuela, in Caracas, which is you know a place that's been having a lot of, a lot of turmoil and not only political but economic problems. So I found that interesting because I'm not real familiar with Venezuela. One thing I liked about it, is uh, another person I know who really liked it, and it just popped out of nowhere through our Facebook page, and that was uh, uh, Veronica Valle from the Miami Street Photography Festival, who happens to be from mm. Venezuela, from Caracas, and she went crazy over it. Like you say, it was documentary, it was at night. Still taken in, in true street photography style, though. As, I mean, I guess what I mean by that when I say that is when you look at it, you don't say, oh, this is a documentary piece. Correct. Each, each image stands alone on its own. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, the opening photo, photograph of several guys sitting along the street, is probably one of my favorite photos of the year in the magazine. Yeah, I really love that one, too. And just the message behind the the story that he told was also fascinating. My husband and I, my husband watches news from Argentina, so we have for more than a year now been watching news come out of Venezuela about just the crisis that the country is in. And the challenges that people are facing, and it's incredible. It's incredible that we don't hear more about it here in the states too. And so to 
see what's going on from the inside um, was really amazing. And just to know that Nelson was putting himself at risk, basically, to get these photos by going out at night with expensive camera gear. Um, but I just love the, the feel of the article that despite everything that's going on in the country, people still have to go out. They, yeah. It's just part of being a person. And so it's almost a way of facing up to this really difficult moment. Very good point. Well said. In the U.S., we don't get much news about anything other than our politics right now. And there's so much going on, uh, not just in the Western Hemisphere, but around the world. And we don't really get to learn much about our neighbors to the south. Yeah, another good point, just in case someone didn't notice that, Nelson wrote this article originally in Spanish, and I translated it, but it's also available in Spanish. If you are a native speaker, you can read Nelson's word as he wrote the words as he wrote them. That's right. Okay, now our next category is the Featured Photographer of the Month. We want to talk about our choices in that category. So You want to go first, Bob? I'll go first. And again, this was tough. We had some really good photographers. Yeah, like I was I was telling you earlier that I went through, let me choose a few. Yeah. You know, that I can I chose like half of our interviewees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's nice having constraints because then you really have to get down to brass tacks. Yes. But my choice was uh, our August photographer of the month, and that's uh, a Barry X Perello. For a lot of reasons, um, he's been an, he's been an inspiration of mine for many years. I'm a big fan of his podcast, which you know I talk about it quite a bit. I think it's probably the best photography podcast in the podcast world, at least in my my opinion. He's an excellent interviewer, and he's uh, just met some really amazing photographers himself. He's a great photographer. Um, I think I I personally relate to his style. I like his approach. Um, you know, as a photographer, he's he's like he's very honest and very straightforward. Um, he's not afraid to take street photos without people in it. Does some really nice work, almost abstract work on the street. I mean, as a person, he is. If you read any of his books, he's very honest. Um, he lets it be known that he struggles with self-esteem in terms of his photography. And, you know, he, he's just like the rest of us, and he's not afraid to talk about that. And, and, and I really appreciate that. I've read a number of his, his books and his articles. He's, he's an excellent writer as well. So, and we can all learn a lot from him. Um, so I, I don't know what else to say about the guy. Uh, I do have a favorite photo of his from the article. Actually, I have two favorite photos, but I'm, huh. I'm only going to point one out. And it's a photo of a... Uh, a guy that he took in uh, a restaurant. He was in a restaurant with somebody else, and he sees this guy get out of a pickup truck, and he's got this big beard. Very interesting-looking dude. He thought, oh, I'd love to take his picture. Well, the guy walked into the restaurant, and so he went up to him and asked him. He said, do you mind if I take your picture? I really like your beard. And he took a, just a great photo of him using the, the light from the window. I know exactly what image you're talking about. That is a beautiful image. That's right. And you chose that as the favorite image for the article. Mm -hmm. One thing I I recommend you do is you follow a Barry Nex's Instagram feed. He doesn't just publish photos in his Instagram. He writes 
a little story about it. So it's very instructive. So Herbarian X is my choice. As a matter of fact, I got to meet him in, uh, in Miami a few weeks ago at the Miami Festival. And just a good guy. Really good guy and very talented. So what's your choice? This was such a difficult choice. I had so many. But in the end, I chose our featured photographer from the June issue, which was Joanna Toro. And the reason I came back to her as my favorite, I guess, was because I've, I feel like her work has affected me. Anytime I need a model project, I go back to her website and look at her projects. Um, just a really interesting story. Uh, one thing I really loved about her experience is how she was basically a big-name photographer in her home country and then moved to the States and is a nobody and had to start from scratch again. So I thought that was pretty inspiring, um, the hard work she put into growing and evolving, not saying, well, you know, I'm a professional now, I don't need to do more. But just her ambition to just continue growing as a photographer was really interesting. Um, the stories she captured were profound. Um, one of my favorites that I always remember is the one she calls Flesh and Rocks on her website, mm -hmm. which is just an incredible story. The photos are, I feel like they're very powerful. I love how she captures um, places, scenes, but also details. Um, and it all just, to me, just creates a really balanced, really fascinating photo story and, or photo project. So that was definitely um, one of our interviews that I guess I could say had a longer lasting impact on me that I continually think about. I see how it could because you yourself have lived in different countries and had to make do. And that's not an experience most Americans have. Yeah, and I, I like that about her work, too, that sometimes um, you see things, groups of people, uh, events, history, that other people might never see if you don't document it. And so I like that about her work, too. She takes you places that you probably would never see, even, you know, let's say you visit her home country of Colombia, and sure, you'll, you'll have your experience, but will you see the effects of harvesting emeralds in deep in the jungle? <laughs> no. Um, so she's revealed stories that you might not otherwise be able to come across. Yeah, we, we can all learn from her, from her experience. Like you say, yeah. she was famous there. She came here. She had to start out working as a, a character on the streets of Times Square. Now she's doing very well. Cream rises to the top, right? <laughs> she's still a yep. good photographer. Definitely. And um, some might argue to say that some of the projects she's created don't come from urban areas or might not technically be street photography. But I feel like all of her work has that very candid feel. Um, and she definitely has some official street photography, too. So I just feel like she's a really well-balanced photographer. Yep. Well-rounded, I think is what I meant to say. Yeah, excellent choice, and I was <laughs> not surprised you chose her. <laughs> I was not surprised about your choice either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, let's uh, move right along to our last category, and that's lesson learned. 
What lesson did each of us learn from somebody in the magazine over the course of the year? So what was yours? I thoroughly enjoyed our interview from the December issue this year with Nancy Lair. Um, She is an amazing teacher, but I think what I really loved about everything we talked about was when we focused a little bit on storytelling, um, what it means to capture an image that tells a story. Um, She said to ask, is this a good set of pixels or is it a good story? And that's something to think about when you edit your work or look back on photos you've taken. Um, I really appreciated her insights into capturing context in an image. Um, I know when we talked about specifically, she had taken a picture of some hunting eagles they use in Mongolia. Well, one eagle. But she captured the context behind the eagle, which was a home, a woman carrying buckets into the home, um, the eagle was sitting on a big tire. All of those details made the photo not just about an eagle, but it told a story of a lifestyle, of a culture. And so I feel like I learned that from her, Think to think more about the context of an image um, rather than maybe focusing on a specific subject. But think about, will, will this tell a story or not? And how can I maybe adjust to make sure it does? Um, so I really liked that about about some of the things we talked about with her. Yeah, she said many things that mm-hmm. were real chumps in that, that interview. So if you haven't listened to it, go, go listen to it because there is a lot to learn. I know she said one thing. When she goes to a new place, she wants to get under the skin of that place mm. and not just, not just photograph the surface. Yeah, and I think I appreciated her comments very much because that's one of my goals for this year. I, I feel like uh, in the past I've thought to myself, well, I'm the words girl. Like I don't, I'm not really a good photographer. But at some point in this year, I thought to myself, why am I saying that if, if I can learn and right. become better? <laughs> That's right. It's not because I enjoy writing more that I can never be a good photographer. So I felt like I learned a lot from Nancy and and. Um, I think the her point about storytelling was the one that really hit me. Yeah, yeah, she's she's a good inspiration for everybody. What about you? I had many, and I had actually several I could have chosen from Nancy, but I chose one from Estras Suarez, who was our feature photographer in May, and uh, he's a Pulitzer Prize-winning photojournalist, just an amazing photographer, a great storyteller, an excellent teacher. And I, and I always try to ask people, tell me something that we should learn, you know, tell, tell me a, a, a tip or, or a lesson that, that we need. So when you enter a place where you're going to shoot, of course, he would shoot a lot of events and things as a, you know, as a journalist. He said he, I can't remember the term he used, but basically, basically it's this ball of focus, you know, it's, you know, your own personal focus. And he tries to imagine where he should place that focus in the room, should he go over to the side of the room, underneath the table? Is that the best place to be to be visualizing or to be taking the shot? He visualizes all these different places to shoot, and then he goes and does it instead of just poking around and guessing. But he he does that up front, and that's a, a technique he uses every time he goes to shoot somewhere. And it taught me that we need to be more have more of a process uh, when we go to shoot. And uh, that's been very helpful to me. And I've actually 
gotten shots that I probably wouldn't have before had I not thought about what he said. That's a good point. So does it, it make you, I guess, observe a scene a little more profoundly in the very beginning? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, say, for example, you walk into a park and you're viewing the park from this side. Just from standing there, look around and visualize what things would look like from other positions in the park, other perspectives, whether it's lower or higher. And think about that before you go start shooting. Yeah, that's a really good piece of advice. I remember something he said, too, from that interview Um, words of wisdom. (laughs) He said, as a photographer, you are a slave to light and your goal is to become a master of light. I remember thinking that was a really profound piece of knowledge there. (laughs) Well, they say, they say, amateurs worry about equipment, professionals worry about time, and masters worry about light. (laughs) All right, we're getting punchy here. So, Ashley, (laughs) looks like we've come to the end of another episode. I uh, really appreciate all the work you've done this year to make such a great magazine and make all this stuff happen. So I want to thank you. Thanks so much. And thank everybody for just supporting us and subscribing and reading our stuff. Yeah, looking forward to this year. It just keeps getting better and better, I think. That's right. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Street Photography Magazine. It is the number one source for inspiration, education, and publication for street photographers everywhere. It's made by street photographers for street photographers. Street Photography Magazine is published once a month, plus a few bonus issues throughout the year. Each issue includes an interview with our featured photographer to discuss how they work and take a deep dive into some of their photos. It also includes photo projects and photo stories from photographers around the world to inspire you. And it's a place for you to publish your work to be recognized. For example, the Street Shooters of the Month section of the magazine. It features photos from members of our community. And many of our featured photographers have been selected from that group. So stop trying to go it alone and join the community. All of this for less than the price of a cup of coffee per month. Stop over and subscribe now at streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe.